Welcome back to the New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Poato of MediaMonarchy.com. Britain appoints Minister of Loneliness. We've got that story plus your autonomous chariot awaits. But first, just four days after the residents of Hawaii lived through 38 minutes of doomsday hell, after that false public broadcast alarm announced that a ballistic missile launch was headed for the island, only to reverse and announce later that it was a mistake. Four days later, Japan's national broadcaster NHK's app issued a false J alert to phones over a North Korean missile launch at 6.55 p.m. Tuesday evening local time. The message received by phone users with the NHK app installed on their iDevices or smartphones of choice read, quote, NHK news alert, North Korea likely to have launched a missile. The government J alert, evacuate inside the building or underground. James, the odds of this really kind of stretch. I mean, you've already done a video about this discussing how the first event in Hawaii stretched the limits of credibility. This second one, four days later, coming, what is new missile systems going into place? It seems like they're, I don't know, I don't know. It seems like they're running drills in some ways and they're goofing it up. It seems like they're prepping a lot. It does. In fact, I have a different possibility that, in fact, I think is probably further confirmed by some recent events that seem unrelated at first glance. But before that, I got a lot of emails and messages from people expressing concern for myself and my family over here in Japan. And what was it like? Well, don't worry. We do not have the NHK app installed on our fondle slab to get those fake news alerts. So I didn't even hear about this. I didn't know about it until well after the fact on Twitter. In fact, on English Twitter, not even on Japanese Twitter, as people were saying, what, what's going on? So n absolutely no, uh, no panic or alarm over here, at least not in our household and not at all that I saw in any sort of day-to-day -day life here. I don't think anyone took that alert seriously, or at least not nearly as seriously as the Hawaiian one, which of course was is issued by the actual emergency alert system, not some, you know, fake news uh, alert broadcast. So um, having said that, as I say, I think... I, obviously, I mean, as as incredulous as I was over the first fake alarm, um, the second one clearly indicates something. I mean, once may be accident, two is a pattern. Um, three times is an attack, as they say, right? So, um, so obviously something's going on here. And as I say, I think this relates to a story that, interestingly enough, is just coming back to the uh, the forefront now after some time out of the news. But you'll remember. Last year, with those incidents with the U.S. Uh, Navy destroyers, the USS Fitzgerald and the USS John S. McCain, is that right? Where these U.S. Navy destroyers, both of them, just happened to have collisions uh, in the middle of nowhere in the in the Pacific. Out of you know what what on earth was that about? And immediately there were stories about cyber attack, hack. You know what what happened? GPS spoofing, and then immediately it was like, no, 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 it was just. Just uh, negligence on both counts. The commanders of U.S. Navy destroyers just happened to guide their destroyers into, you know, passing ships. I mean, wow, who would have, uh, what a strange thing. And now, in fact, the uh, U.S. Navy just released their collision reports, so we'll link to that. And uh, also the update story as the, the officers in charge of the ships are now facing um, negligent homicide charges over those incidents. So it's coming back to the, the forefront of the news. And I, I don't know. I think, again, that's another extremely, even one of those cases, extremely unlikely that it's just, oh, uh, negligence. So, you know, oops, we, we steered this destroyer into a ship. But two of them 
taking place immediately does make one think, what is going on here? Is there hacking? Is there GPS spoofing? Is there some sort of cyber attack going on that they're, they're obviously not going to let the public know about? In the same way these fake missile alerts, is there cyber attacks going on? Are Have these been hacked, these systems? Would they alert the public that, oh yeah, our alert system was hacked and you know they, they issued an, an alarm? Of course they wouldn't. If they did even, then the real question would be, okay, well, who's hacking? Is it the Chinese? Is it the North Koreans? Is it the Russians? Or is it the deep state? Started to trying to start something, trying to kick something off. Again, these are all possibilities that are swirling around right now. And I think this second fake a new alarm only further raises that possibility. Um, again, we'll have to see how this plays out, but it's something that occurs to me. The only radio I listen to here in Portland, there's actually a non-commercial jazz radio station. Unfortunately, a couple of times a day, they do carry the National Petroleum Radio. And I heard yesterday... They were hyping and pushing the new the new collision reports in the in the damage just yesterday. Just all hype there, right? Right. I think they maybe even led their news broadcast with it. A couple other notes related to all of this. You can actually turn off all those alerts in the settings if you have an eye device, all the amber alerts and all that kind of stuff. They just make you kind of drill down deep, deep, deep into the settings. Um I think some really interesting kind of synchromistic bits kind of swirling around the events in Hawaii and in Japan this week, even actually kind of right now at this very moment, is basically the 125th anniversary of the U.S. coup that originally overthrew the Hawaiian monarchy back in 1893. Now, James, you went over in your video about the, the test, the drill in Hawaii and of course, it had the, the, the all-seeing eye, the very total information awareness pyramid. I, of course, caught it in the footage and went to go post about it and saw it. Of course, not the only one catching that. I found it also pretty interesting that they roll out Mr. Miyagi as kind of the fall guy. Media-addled folks like myself might know that's the guy in the Karate Kid movies. Um, James, we'll continue to... Alarm on, alarm off. There you go. There you go. No, in many ways, and we'll do it a couple more times in this episode, we kind of laugh to not cry at the news. Our second story this week on New World Next Week, episode 334, General Motors, Government Motors, as it's occasionally sometimes known, unveiled the Cruise AV, an autonomous vehicle with no steering wheels or pedals, announcing it had asked the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration to exempt it from another a, a number rather of federal standards that cannot be met with a driverless car. So they rolled this thing out over the weekend to much fanfare. GM executives have said they plan to introduce a large-scale fleet of self-driving taxis by 2019, a time frame some analysts consider ambitious. GM released images of the Cruise AV and video of the interior with a strikingly spacious windshield devoid of that pesky steering wheel. General Motors president Dan, a man, told the AFP, quote, it's quite a striking image when people see it for the first time. I think people will want to engage with the technology and understand it and experience it. But I think what's really most powerful about what the technology can offer is an increase in safety on the road. And once people understand that and see it and experience, we think the adoption will be there. Some people are more than ready and other people will be watching and seeing how it evolves. We've been watching and seeing how all this evolves. James, driverless cars, are you ready to hop on board? 
Certainly not. And I don't think I have anything more to say about the subject other than what I've already said. So I'll direct people back to my uh, my video from last summer about welcome to the driverless future. But yes, the long story short, of course, I think we all know where this is heading. And this is heading to a wonderful world where you never have to think about driving again and all of this great, wonderful convenience and blah, blah, blah. And oh, by the way, you know, once in a while, you know, 0.0001% of the time, yeah, maybe a whistleblower will get into a mysterious crash somehow. The AI just malfunctioned. Oh, wow, shucks, you know, too bad for you. Um, so again, I think we understand the power and the control that comes with this technology, taking the power and the control out of your hands, literally, and putting it in the hands of algorithms that are being programmed by someone somewhere and that can be hacked and all of that stuff. So again, I've said all this before. Um, I note that even on Twitter when I was uh, posting about this, I saw replies about, oh, it'll be so great for, you know, the cripples who can now drive and whatever. First of all, has that ever been something? Like if you're paralyzed, you want to drive a car? <laughs> like has, that's never been a possibility. So why is this suddenly something that we need to revolutionize the entire auto industry to accommodate? But even then, yeah, sure, great. Okay, well, so we'll have a couple thousand cars for people who are literally paralyzed and who can't have anyone drive them around. Well, that'll be great for that. But again, do we need to revolutionize the entire auto industry and everything, the way our society is structured around that? It's like the, the brain chip thing. Yeah, it'll help cripples to type. Great. But do we also want all of the other things that come along with implanting brain chips in people and uh, you know mind-reading technologies and all this nonsense that's coming along? So again, it's the obviously slippery slope. We are obviously being conditioned and programmed. And again, this is another point where you have the choice to buy this technology or to not buy this technology. And I know which way I'm going to go. James, you kind of sound like you, for one, do not welcome our new technocratic overlords. So on my recent morning show, it was actually yesterday's morning show, I talked about the Hawaii situation and the Japan nuclear kind of psyops. Also, kind of all swirling around this, I talked about this autonomous vehicle. I also covered the CIA's good friends at Bell Helicopter. They're teaming up with Uber to roll out some helicopter taxis. And speaking of these autonomous vehicles, James, can you guess what Ford's new AI vehicle is called? I genuinely don't know. So I will say, uh, my first guess would be Hal, but maybe that's too in your face. So it's probably something more chummy. It's probably Henry, you know, for Ford. How about Argo? Mm, okay. Ford's new AI vehicle, they call it Argo. So the intelligence connections never seem too far behind. And on that same jam-packed morning show with the nuclear psyops and the intelligence cars, I also covered the Chelsea Manning Senate run, Moby's CIA friends, and Seinfeld's Zionist pals. So, whew, after we've cruised all over town in our autonomous Argo mobiles, our fondle slabs loosely held in our weakened grips because all, you know, all the ports have been removed on our eye vending machines and come back to your subdivision sector, you know, just a little bit ahead of curfew. But then what? Sure, you get some smart grid credits for turning off the lights a little bit early, but you're lonely. Have no fear. They are from the government and they are here to help. Britain is combating one of society's biggest modern health problems, social isolation by appointing a minister for loneliness. Her name is Tracy Crouch, and her position was just officially announced by the British government. 
Crouch, whose official title is Minister for Sport and Civil Society, is tasked with coming up with a strategy to combat feelings of isolation for people of all ages and to figure out a way to measure the varying degrees of alienation in a statistical format. This according to a statement released by the Office of Prime Minister Theresa May. The new role was created after recent research in the UK found that one in 10 people always are often felt lonely and that 200,000 elderly people haven't had a conversation with a friend or a relative in over a month. We will include the links to the UK's press release. And James, even as I was just kind of just there going through the text again, it makes it sound like they're coming up with a strategy to combat feelings of isolation and that they're looking for a way to measure all of this. It's almost like data's the new oil or something. So it's another great like touchy-feely idea that you'd just have to be a heartless monster to criticize, right? Well, unless this all kind of fits in with the coming kind of medical panopticon, the technocratic panopticon. Hey, maybe your smart fridge can tell the Amazon key delivery guy that your mandatory like monthly meeting with your loneliness detection officers coming up, James. Oh boy. Well, you know, I was, I, I know people who, who are feeling this or isolated, feel lonely, despite all the connection that comes with being online and, you know, instantly accessible to the world and all of that. But people do feel loneliness, do feel depression, do feel isolated, increasingly so in these crowded urban environments, as counterintuitive as that might sound. And I, it's a genuine worry, something that I've really thought about. And how do we reconnect and reform society in a way that's meaningful and, and provides social cohesion and but now that the UK has appointed a prime a minister to to look after this, I guess it's all we don't have to worry about it anymore. The government's in charge; they'll take care of it. Because apparently, appointing a minister for loneliness will cure loneliness. You know, just as uh, pointing, you know, right, declaring a war on poverty ends poverty, right? Uh, yes. Um, no, I mean, don't don't go out there and get a pet. Don't go out there and, and start a hobby to meet like-minded people. Don't go out there in physical locations, in real life, to actually meet other human beings, talk to them, and exchange ideas, have, have actual fun in the real world. No, sit in your little isolated apartment or whatever in the middle of the city and wait for the Minister of Loneliness to tell you how to feel more connected or feel less isolated by joining some government program or something, hopefully. Or uh, or maybe they'll just have the, the electrodes they can wire into your brain and get rid of those pesky feelings, right? It'll it'll come one day, the brain chip. Uh, yeah. Now, again, uh, the solutions to this are relatively simple. I know this is a real problem that people have and social anxiety and all of this, but again, there are real... This is not a, a new phenomenon. This has been happening for thousands of years. I'm sure there are ways around this that don't involve going to government to try to get them to dispense some, some sort of answer from the clouds. Yeah, which, again, it doesn't even seem like they want an answer. They just want to, like, run all the statics, you know, the statisticians and crunch all the numbers on it. James, you and I have actually talked about this. I've asked you about it even kind of off mic as I've had my own kind of feelings of, of isolation here. I work from home and it wasn't always that way in media monarchy. It's just been that way for the last probably three years. And there's some days where I go, oh, my God, I've only talked to my cat. And that's why I you know, run my mouth a bunch when my wife finally gets home. So maybe in some ways, maybe some sort of good little anecdote, antidote to this that I think you're just kind of talking about. I saw it said in my chat early this week, I just had a couple of good longtime Media Monarchy supporters meet up IRL in real life over the weekend. So that is really good news to me. 
So I've been trying to build community, not conspiracy, for 12-plus years at MediaMonarchy.com. I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday. And it's all at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. James, thanks, buddy. All right. Well, hats off to you for that. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next IRL meetup. And let's hope uh, you can make it over to Japan. Uh, we'll see. Actually, <laughs> I know you're kind of joking. We've joked about this. I've joked about it with other people. Someday soon, you and I really should launch. We'll just do the Kickstarter, Indiegogo, chip in, whatever. Make the Jameses meet. Now, I know you might not be super excited about coming on over here to the USSA. So I guess it might just have to be Palato heading on over to Japan. So I'm, we'll have to- I'm fully on board with that. We'll see. We'll see how it works. Yes, I know. I should watch what I say. They'll have worked it all out, and I'll have plane tickets next week. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do it that quickly, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, at any rate, uh, again, we will be providing the answers and solutions going forward from here to the uh, problems that government only wants to analyze. So there you go. Uh, another three great stories. Thank you for that, James, and looking forward to it next week. Thanks, buddy. Take care.